0: episode of the cdc tech live podcast from our studio inside the charleston digital corridors flagship incubator on morrison drive businesses in virtually every industry are increasingly looking at data about their customers about their operations and about their competitors as one of their biggest assets. as the key to unlocking the value in those assets data science has become an in-demand skill set and field of opportunity for technology companies. In this episode, we talk to the co-founder of a Charleston-based startup that is focused on an often overlooked part of this equation, data engineering and its role in making it possible for data scientists to turn data into valuable insight. Today's interview is brought to you by the Charleston County Economic Development Department. They're dedicated to recruiting new business, growing existing industry, in improving Charleston's business climate. Visit them to learn more at charlestoncountydevelopment.org. I'm here in the podcast studio today with Jordan Berry. Jordan is co founder and CTO of interloop.ai. Well, welcome to the show, Jordan.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me this afternoon.
0: Hey, Jordan, can you start by giving listeners a little bit of an overview of Interloop? What's your mission? What are some of the solutions you offer? Who are your customers?
1: Yeah, yeah, happy to. So at Interloop, um, our mission is all about helping companies become Mm -hmm. data-driven. And that's a big umbrella topic, you know, how do you use data? And really the way we do that is we help companies understand their performance. So we start with the end in mind, start thinking about as an organization, how you get visibility into your data, your processes, how do you understand what impacts growth, or, you know, how do you cut costs? And so we really focus on helping companies get that real-time reporting, the dashboarding. At the end of the day, it's all about how you impact your business and, and move forward. Our mission is to, to help those companies get to the next level.
0: What do your typical customer look like?
1: Yeah, we focus more on the mid-market. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. We're in the data space. There's some big names like Snowflake and mm-hmm. Databricks. They really focus on the enterprise class customers. We focus more mid-market, so everything from five to $500 million in revenue. We're a little bit industry agnostic, but we mm-hmm. do have clients in manufacturing, distribution. Um, one of our clients, Vitamix Blenders, is in kind of the consumer mm-hmm. package goods space. So we're really across a lot of areas. But what we find is the customers tend to have gone through some sort of acquisition or investment, private equity, something of that nature. And so they need to get visibility into their data really quickly. And so that's where we love to come in and help them get there.
0: Great. How big is the team?
1: Uh, so We're a team of ten now. So uh, nine of us are here in Charleston in the, mm-hmm. the digital corridor, and uh, we've got one out of New Jersey. Um, him and his wife were just down last week. I think we got them convinced <laughs> to Charleston. So we're uh, you know we're on our way. But uh, not a hard sell. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, love it.
0: Talk to us a little bit about the motivation and experiences that led to Interloop getting launched.
1: It's a classic startup pivot story. I'm the co-founder. My father Tony and I started mm-hmm. the business about seven years ago. Um, when we first started thinking about this idea, he was flying in New York. I was in Chicago, we were both management consultants, and on the side was just playing with AI, artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence. I was really enamored with the possibilities. Mm -hmm. It was it was pretty early back in the IBM Watson days. And so we built this prototype all around using AI models to help Mm -hmm. companies better route leads essentially for their salespeople. And so still really liked the idea, but as we went to market to try to sell this concept, we kept hitting this challenge of, hey, you know, AI needs a lot of data to be effective and predict Mm -hmm. things accurately. And all these companies have just data silos, chaos, spreadsheets mm-hmm. that, you know, there's just a lot of disparate data systems. And so we just kept hearing that pain point over and over. And eventually that light bulb went off of, Hey, this isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is all of this data and all this, these different places. So about five years ago, we pivoted to the, the data focus and it's, it's been good for us. So
0: well, let's talk a little bit more about your background. It was, it was being an entrepreneur and founder of a company something you sort of always had your sights on? Or what were some of the experiences that sort of, you know, um, led you and put you in the position, you think, to, to start a venture?
1: When you start a few companies, things like that, you start to realize and look back, like, where did this originate? Uh, it, and I remember in middle school, I had a whole duct tape wallet business going on. So there was a point in time where I would, me and my sister would be in the garage, we would take duct tape, create these wallets essentially out of nothing, and then go sell them to all the, the school kids. So I feel like I had that kind of entrepreneurial bent mm-hmm. early. And then later on, um, at the time, was in the consulting space, loved working with customers and helping them improve. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of under this umbrella of incremental improvement. Yeah. And so you start having these ideas of how can we monitor. Monumentally shift companies, move them forward. At some point, that urge just gets big enough mm-hmm. that you want to, you know, take the risk and jump in. And I remember spending days on end at a Starbucks in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, building our first prototype. And at some point, you just you just want to jump in, and, and you just got to make that move. So,
0: and where did your interest in data engineering sort of get it start?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So, I went to Notre Dame for mm-hmm. undergrad. Um, was in the ITM, the Information Technology mm-hmm. Management uh, major. At the time, I wasn't very great at coding, but was mm-hmm. interested in it. Yeah. Um, and when I got out of school, went into the enterprise space and so just starting to see that all these companies have all of this data just kind of mm-hmm. sitting on the shelf you know there's this quote that data is the new oil mm-hmm. it's this raw material that we can all use and so i started like a good analyst i was like hey can we use this data in different mm-hmm. ways and so that was really kind of the impetus of all this um, and then combine that with the artificial intelligence it was it just felt like the right mm-hmm. place to go so
0: what were some of the early milestones or wins you got with Interloop that sort of gave you some confidence that, hey, we're on the right track?
1: Our original history, we'd actually gone through two accelerators. Mm-hmm. So one in Charlotte and then okay. came down here to Charleston, and went through the harbor. Graduating out of that accelerator, we essentially won it, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So we got a small investment from Good Growth Capital, part of that winning. And that was a really a major milestone for us. So what was interesting is we won with that previous idea, the, mm-hmm. the sales um, insights tool. But that gave us enough momentum to just keep moving forward. Okay. And so that was a big milestone. At the time, it was still me and my co-founder. I think the other milestone was when we got to about a team of eight. That was a big win where now we have teams working on projects. I remember, you know, a whole dashboard got built that I didn't have anything to do with, which was, you know, the first time in the history of our company. So it was super exciting to see that, hey, we created this framework, we created this idea, Mm -hmm. and now others are helping us, you know, on our mission. So that was a a really big milestone for us.
0: That's great. Now now that you've had some success, if you look back, you know, what were some of the key lessons you think you learned either as an entrepreneur or as a technologist? I think one of the biggest
1: things I learned, especially in kind of the software development space, there's this trap of developing things for yourself. You Mm -hmm. you build things the way you want to, Mm -hmm. versus really empathizing with your customer, understanding their pain points. I remember specifically, there was one customer, I was, you know, kind of, early in my software development career, and I built this feature that I thought was the best feature ever. When you clicked a button, little confetti shot out. It was a very celebration on the screen. And I remember pitching it to their team, and the CEO of this company hated it. He was like, this isn't a celebration moment. This is just software we use to you know, execute our vision and feed our families and things like that. Like, I don't need the confetti. And that was just a light bulb moment of, hey, I was building for myself. I thought it was cool. I didn't listen to the customer. I didn't understand their needs, how they operate. And so that was a big moment for me is, hey... You have to put yourself in their shoes and really live mm-hmm. their life for a day, for a week and understand how they operate with the tooling. So that was kind of an early lesson that that we learned and, and we bring that forward mm-hmm. with us. We teach our team that philosophy too is, hey, you, you really have to be customer obsessed and understand what are their pain mm-hmm. points versus you know what we want to do.
0: Yeah, I like the obsessed language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the hardest things is for folks in our field, we tend to be sometimes fast thinkers, right? And so mm-hmm. we'll see a pattern or we'll hear a thing or we'll get something secondhand and we think we firsthand understand and experience the problem and mm-hmm. and really that's just scratching the surface and it takes a lot of discipline to yeah. make sure you're there actually actively listening and not listening for the things that you want to hear
1: yep absolutely i couldn't agree more
0: talk to me about sort of how um, interloop ended up in charleston
1: yeah it's uh interesting like i said tony and i were in different cities he yep. was in new york i was in chicago mm-hmm. um from south carolina originally so okay. grew up in fort mill south carolina mm-hmm. upstate Um, And at the time, we knew we needed to co-locate to get to that next level. You know, we had gone through the accelerator. We had some early ideas, but just needed that in-person collaboration. And so we started looking at cities. Mm -hmm. So we looked at Nashville. We looked at Chicago. Looked at Charleston. Mm -hmm. um, Actually got introduced to John Osborne and Mm -hmm. and Gray. Stanfield uh, for Dig South. Came down for the first conference. Mm -hmm. Just fell in love with the community here, the people. They were so welcoming and so encouraging. And at the same time, just realized this could be a place where we could build a team and and a lifestyle probably like a lot of, of Charleston tech companies that most of our clients are, are mm-hmm. not here, but it, it creates this great space to bring them and kind of share our life with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that creates a good bond. We love Charleston and definitely see ourselves uh, growing here in the future. Right.
0: That's great. Alongside Ernest, you probably could have met two better ambassadors for Charleston than Stan and, and John. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: between, you know, th- I think there's uh, the council of people here at Charleston <laughs> that really have created this tech scene. And so definitely have been a beneficiary of that. Ernest is absolutely a change agent here in town. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so being able to follow their lead and kind of help, move the vision forward has been really fulfilling um, as a founder.
0: Now that you've been here for a while, what's your perspective on some of the opportunities, challenges we face as a community, and what's some of the the things you enjoy most about the the Hmm. technology and entrepreneur communities here?
1: Yeah, I think here in Charleston... The community is tight, which can Mm -hmm. be both good in so many ways, but then at some point you start to realize maybe we don't have as much of a variety in terms of ideas and Mm -hmm. and ventures, or I think that's been a little bit of the challenge. And then the other piece is how do we, and I know all tech companies struggle with this, is how do you groom and build talent here in Charleston, right? So I think... COVID in that time frame was in some ways positive where talent came from New York, from Boston, from L.A., but then we need to build it homegrown here in Charleston. And so that's one of the things we've been trying to do is how do we tap into the universities, whether it's College of Charleston or Clemson or Georgia Tech Mm -hmm. or Citadel, um, and then how do we kind of grow? And so one of the things we've been trying is a boot camp where we bring in recent interns or or grads and then teach them because we're in the data engineering space. Every company needs data engineering talent. So even if it's not with us, We want to just build that talent here in Charleston and and hopefully give them a launching pad to a next level uh, Mm of career growth.
0: Is that where you'd like to see Interloop's role be in the community going forward as sort of that thought leader in the data engineering space to sort of broaden the base of talent in that area? Absolutely,
1: yeah. And what we've kind of realized is our success is the success of those around mm-hmm. us. And so how do we empower people to get into this space? A lot of people have been enamored with data science. That's kind mm-hmm. of the sexy yeah. role within this realm. But there's a lot of stats where you need three data engineers for every data yeah. scientist. And so there's just not the volume of talent. But you look at the, you know, the FANG class companies and their the salaries and things that data engineers can command mm-hmm. are, are life changing in a lot of ways. So I see it as a huge space that's going to continue to grow and we want to A as Interloop be kind of the leader in the Southeast but then also help the people around us join us on that mission too.
0: Yeah I think that's a common refrain around companies that are not using the data effectively. They first jump to well we need a data scientist Mm. so that we can you know unlock all the insight in the data but to your point earlier about the silos The bigger problem you got to solve is the data engineering challenges so that you can get to that point where you've, you know, they're actually, the data's in shape that you can derive some insights from it.
1: And we find that a lot is that you'll go to these companies and they have a great you know, spreadsheet that they're using to do analysis for the board meeting, but they have to do that every quarter and mm-hmm. take someone, you know, three days straight just to fill these reports. Um, and so we preach is, well, imagine if you just had that at your fingertips every day, it's always up to date. Um, you know, how much more effective could you be? You could focus your time on those bigger strategic mm-hmm. initiatives rather than just pulling data together. So we're a big advocate of that and, and see that as the future um, for a lot of companies.
0: That's great. What are some of the biggest opportunities on one hand and on the other hand, challenges that are facing you as a business?
1: Yeah, for us at this point in time, you know, we're going into an uncertain time, the economy and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So we're, we're really focusing in on our core. So I think about six months ago, we were experimenting with some new ideas. We're now realizing, let's really focus on what we do well, which is helping companies set up their data foundation, build the performance insights. So that's one challenge is how do you navigate in an uncertain world? You know, how do you assure clients that... We are continuing to provide value along the way. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one area for sure. The other piece is, you know, how do we grow our team effectively? Yeah. So one of the great things as a founder is we've kind of gone through stages as a company, and now we're at the point where we're starting to build teams that can tackle projects, you yeah. know, kind of a full stack team, I yeah. would say. So more than tech, how do we make sure that we're building the team so that they are self-sufficient and they can go out and help clients? So that, that's that been another challenge, but opportunity for us. And then in terms of the technology, I just think we're in a very exciting time. A lot of customers are going through digital transformation. They're Mm -hmm. moving to the cloud. You know, a lot of people have been doing that for many years, but there's still so many companies that are on that journey. Even if we're going into some sort of challenging economic time, the desire for more visibility, more data is going to keep being there. So I I think it's a huge opportunity for us.
0: Yeah, if you think about companies that you know they have a challenge but aren't sure sort of how they find their way out of it, what's the first question you'd ask them or the first sort of thing you'd guide them to do to to start to get on the right track when it comes to data?
1: With data, I always like to start with questions. So Mm -hmm. what are the questions you're asking Mm -hmm. the people around you, your analysts that you need answered all the time? So there's there's really kind of that operational questions that you're asking. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times, you know, on some sort of cadence, whether it's monthly or quarterly, you know, what are those KPIs? What are those metrics that you track that you need every month Mm -hmm. to run your business? So if you start there and you start having that conversation around, well, what do you need to operate your business? Then we can reverse engineer, okay, well, that data comes from these three systems and you Mm -hmm. need it in this format. And so we can essentially help them get to that that next level. So for us, it's always the end in mind is what do you need to be more effective, be more efficient? um, And then let us, the data engineers, we call ourselves data plumbers. We like to put the plumbing (laughs) in place. We put the tubes in so you get the hot water, but don't, you don't have to worry about that. Don't, don't think about, you know, what's happening, you know, underneath the covers. just make sure that you have the insights you need to run your business effectively.
0: That's great. What does success look like for like in three to five years, you'd say for in the loop?
1: Yeah, for us. So we have a, a big goal of by 2025 being around that 50 employee range. So that's mm-hmm. that's really a big goal for us. And we're at 10 now. So that's, you know, 5X yeah. growth in just yeah. several years. Um, but we're seeing the market grow. We're seeing the space grow. We think we're poised for it. So it's, again, it's, it's an audacious goal, but we mm-hmm. want to be, you know, the data-driven company in Charleston, in the Southeast. And we see that happening through partnerships. We see that happening through organic growth. Um, and so we're looking at, you know, how do we put all the systems in place today to support that future state for our team?
0: Well, where can listen- listeners go to learn more about interloop
1: yeah so you can check out our website interloop.ai check us out on social media and then we're also you know very active in the community so you'll probably see us at meetups and conferences (laughs) and things like that too so feel free to walk up and and say hello
0: what's your favorite event locally
1: That was a tough one. I've been really partial. The, the startup grind events have been mm-hmm. great. Dig South is great. Mm-hmm. The Charleston Digital Corridor does great events. We're really looking forward to the Oyster Roast here in just a month, mm-hmm. just for the networking, and the social aspects. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of great stuff here in Charleston.
0: So folks know where to find you now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan Berry, co-founder and CTO of Inner Loop. Thanks for joining us.
1: Today. Yeah, thank you so much for
0: having me. is a great example of how the people that make up the Charleston tech community help drive the growth in a very real and personal way. When founders like Jordan get a chance to interact with folks in our community, the unique and special nature is often an irresistible draw. Look for our next episode to drop in early February. We'll be talking with the founder of a Charleston-based digital marketing company as she talks about how to help your business drive growth through the web. I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, the Charleston County Economic Development Department. They're dedicated to recruiting new business, growing existing industry, and improving Charleston's business climate. Visit them to learn more at charlestoncountydevelopment.org. I want to also thank Ernest and the team at the Charleston Digital Corridor for their support and partnership in bringing you the show. Look for our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a rating or review and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, follow the Charleston Digital Corridor to stay up to date on all of the happenings here in Charleston. I'm Rich Conti, and this has been the Charleston Digital Corridor Tech Life Podcast. <laughs>